Hi all and welcome back to the Guardians of the Spectrum. We are going to dive into more of the theory involving autism, so like the different levels, how they're categorized, um, how it's affected us in particular. Um, our boys, as many of you may know, um, are more on the high functioning or level one side of autism and we'll talk a little bit more about the different levels. Um, we'll talk about the way we are affected emotionally as parents um, raising children with high functioning autism and we'll kind of conclude today with um, ways to or solutions to help navigate those um, emotions and struggles that you may have. Um, so yeah, as we were talking about this, um, my husband and I, we had a lot of stories uh, that we could remember about, you know, how people we often get because our boys are so high functioning. Um, people oftentimes say, are you sure they're autistic or they don't look autistic? So we get a lot of those terms and I've done a longer um, video on that. You can find it on our website, um, but we wanted to share kind of one example um, before we dive into the different levels. Uh, so one of the examples was a uh, just a conversation that I had with uh, one, of, one of my family members um, about about the boys having autism uh, and just uh, the confusion that they had to um, just to that fact that, that that's what they struggle with. Um, I, I don't know if I was explaining to him about it or Oh, no, it was, are you sure your kids have autism? And I responded, uh, yes, uh, but uh, do you know Do you know exactly what autism is? Um, and I, I took that time to just explain uh, my understanding of the different levels of autism, how, how our kids, you know, they have their own individual struggles uh, in regards to autism, and uh, it can look different. It can look different with every single person that has it. So yeah and I think too like to that point all the media around autism right now like the show atypical and the show the good doctor it's all of these very obvious struggles that these people have that that like that inability to look someone in the eye and and like their own their own little world or they're super super smart or yeah. they've memorized the whole dictionary all of these things are not that's only like 10 percent of the population of people with autism yeah most of the most of like the uh I guess media's perception or the public's perception of autism is like is geared towards like high functioning high functioning autism mm -hmm. like I guess like one of the first ones like that people were um, introduced to uh, was like Rain Man, Rain Man you know yeah. like that's one thing that I've heard like so many times whenever like um, it's whenever autism is brought up or like this idea of the savant yeah. yeah like a savant you know super genius but you know they have their own set of difficulties but um that leads us into um, the different types of levels mm -hmm. of autism. Yeah, and I think even in our lifetime, in my 30 years of life, that that term has changed so many times, right? Like it used to be autism, some people use Asperger's, some people, you know, even back in the day in like the 70s, it was called, like they compared it to mental retardation, yeah, right? Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. um, and the cool thing is Andrew's actually researching this right now for his history class. Which history class is it? Uh, it's a methodology of history class. So I'm writing, I'm writing basically doing like a, a small study. It's like a 10 page thing. And I think it's really shown us how, how grateful we are to have our kids born in this time because there is so much research. Yeah. Um, and so through all of that research, the, 
um, the guide, I forget what they call it. Uh, it's like the psychiatric, oh, the, D, the DSM-5 or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. Um, so the, the most recent edition has taken all of the different theories of autism and titles and, and they've created this spectrum disorder umbrella. Um, so if your child or adult is diagnosed with autism, they will be diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. That is the full title. Um, that's a very recent thing. That very came, recent. Yeah. That came about. So. Like last 10 years recent. Um, and, uh, and so the different levels. So when we speak of levels, it's their, their functioning ability to interact with the world around them. And socially, verbally, uh, intellectually, there are different categories that fall into that. Um, and so there are three. It's level one, two, and three. Um, and they go, the, the lower number is the higher functioning. So level one is the higher functioning, usually requiring some support, um, usually can be supported with early intervention, and then they can continue to function independently. Um, our boys actually fall into level one where they still require support. They get ABA therapy. Um, and then the next level, which would be level two, which would be they require substantial support. And so what that means is they may need help with independent activities or um, like they need intensive uh, therapy and how to socially interact with people. Some may have additional diagnosis on top of the autism spectrum disorder. So some things that are very common with that would be like ADHD. That's very common with kids um, who have autism, seizures, um, inability to sleep. Uh, so there's lots of different additional diagnosis that can come with an autism diagnosis. Um, and then a level three um, is very substantial support um, and many times they're nonverbal. Um, and so they have a hard time acquiring language and communicating with those around them. And so that's like the highest level of, of autism. Yeah, so basically the, the levels are just determined by the level of care that uh, the individual needs. Mm -hmm. And, and intervention and support. Um, and so these levels can really put into perspective, at least for me, when I look at our boys, I'm so grateful that we're high functioning and that we have the sports that we do and we see like the growth every single day. Um, but I think with that, something that I still struggle with is this like guilt of having a child with high functioning autism because I follow, I subscribe, I, I really engage with a lot of families that have like level three diagnosis where they still can't even communicate. Um, and so I often find myself saying, it's not that bad or I don't have it as bad. When in reality, like we all have our struggles and we're all dealing with what the hand that we're dealt, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing about it. It's all, it's all different struggles for everybody, you know, and it's, it's, um, it's not okay to sit and compare ourselves to others and for others to compare themselves to us. Um, the fact of the matter is that everyone, everyone has their own struggles um, and uh, they all have to deal with them. And we are dealing with ours. The The thing that everyone needs to do is just uh, be supportive for each other, mm -hmm. be supportive uh, towards each other and just not, not be judgmental. Just Yeah, and I think too, it, it just puts into perspective like whatever you're in becomes your normal, right? And so like using daily checklists, making sure we give timers and warnings and routines and um, priming our kids for a month before we leave for a week, like those things are just 
normal to us. It is our normal. Um, and there are often times where I get people with neurotypical children who say, I don't know how you do it. And someone says to me, said to me the other day, I said, you know, I don't know how you balance all the hats that you wear. I said this to him and he was like, well, I don't know how you balance all the hats and, and you're a parent and you work full time. Like, I don't know how you do it. And it's just funny because we all say that about others. And, and I think it's, it's important to just continue to support others and, and, and lift them up because everyone has their struggles and everyone has their challenges and we all handle them differently. Um, and so that guilt of high functioning autism is a real thing. If your child is speaking and playing and running around um, and yet still has that, that high functioning autism diagnosis, it doesn't make you like less affected by autism, if that makes sense. Um, because autism is a real thing and they don't grow out of it and it'll be part of you and your family and them forever. It's just a matter of how we cope with it. Um, and so if anyone tells you otherwise, uh, it's not accurate. You cannot outgrow autism. You just learn how to live with it a little bit better. Yeah, basically. And you have to find solutions to, uh, to help you or whoever, whoever has the diagnosis, uh, just get to a point of, um, living with more ease <laughs> yeah, with coping. Yeah. And, um, I mean, when I was a kid, I was told to do something. I did it out of fear of getting punished, right? Like that was our motivation in our house was like, you do this and you get this, or you do this and you don't get this. So there was like a benefit and reward. Our kids don't think in that way. And so my husband and I really had to change the way oh. we parent. Oh yeah. Like, it was we a had to just adjust complete, complete <laughs> 180 for me. Cause yeah. you know, I grew up in that, that, uh, old school, you know, you know, if you do something bad, you better get ready for a spanking type of stuff or, yeah, you know, yeah. there will be some, there will be some sort of consequences like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that, you know, that, that really wasn't working for, for us when, when we were trying to teach the boys to, you know, just, just to live and, yeah. and learn. So, uh, you know, with it, with ABA through ABA, we learned, uh, I guess it's a different kind of method. Um, of, it's just like positive reinforcement, yeah, prepping, that, priming, like, and that's it. That positive, that positive, like reinforcement, positive talk. Um, it's it was a real like game changer when it came to uh, just just teaching the boys how to how to do things the way we'd like them to do things, mm-hmm. or or get what they need, or get what they need across. You know. Yeah, and I think too, just knowing the more you know about autism and how it affects families, the the more you can provide support for those families that you know or the way you can ask for support too. Um, because high functioning, middle functioning, low functioning, whatever you want to call it, um, you still, your child is still has challenges in different areas, right? Even if they can talk in full sentences, they may struggle in a different way. Um, they may have hard times keeping relationships and, and having friends or, you know, interacting socially appropriately, um, for your culture. So there's just, there's always a need of support. And just because I think ultimately, Andrew, you said it best, like, we can't compare apples to oranges, right? We're yeah. different houses, different families, different kids. So that whole trap of comparison, it does exist. So avoid it if you can. Um, and just name that you are doing the best that you can and really, like, focus on the fact that you're loving your children and um, reaching out for support when you need it. And so, like, some solutions... Uh, some things we've done is we've reached out to our ABA therapists, right? Uh, so once you have that, you can ask them questions and support them. 
Um, another thing we've tried and we do often is self self positive talk um, with ourselves and with our kids. Yeah, Cassie, uh, she's she's uh, all about the self affirmations, and and you know we have the boys say them. Sometimes I say them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's helpful even as an adult. Yeah, um, visualizing, visual, saying and visualizing, uh, you know what you want, what yeah. what you need to be, what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh just making it happen so it's yeah. all about it's all about uh just creating that creating that image of what you need first mm-hmm. before uh before you make it real definitely and that that positive talk is really helpful for at least i feel for our kids in particular just because they are going to have more challenges than most uh just because they are they see the world in their unique way and they have their own tr- struggles and the more we tell them that they are perfect just the way that they are and to keep growing and that failure is okay. Um, the more you say that, the more it, you'll start to believe it. Um, yeah. My first like really true, true understanding of the idea of like positive talk was one, one of, uh, one of the therapists was explaining to me why, why they're, they're doing it that way. Why are they are teaching the kids that way? And that was, um, she said, I want you to just imagine someone she, she said, just imagine you yourself getting getting said to you no and yelled at constantly. Like it's just a nonstop, like that is the only way that someone is is um is teaching you. Like how how is that gonna affect you? Like all you're all you're really absorbing is neg- negativity. All you're absorbing is negativity, especially like in a situation like like with our boys where they have no communication. You know, it'd be it's different. It's a little different when, you know, when when you're able to have like some sort of communication with your child of literally the only way they can they can handle themselves is by screaming and that that's the only that's the only thing that they can do to get their point across and then you are just following it with the same thing with screams Mm -hmm. and no's and negativity uh it's just it's not a good it's not a really productive way that's it's not a really productive way and helpful way to get um to just to help someone learn something yeah so once we started once we switched it around and started adding this um this idea of like positivity and like encouragement through through um through positive positivity and rewards and things like that uh it really started to make a huge difference with the way that uh that the boys were reacting to to the therapy and uh, they were able to they were able to pick it up we were all able to learn something and actually get to this point where we can get stuff done and they are getting stuff done on their own without you know without yells or anything like mm-hmm. that it's it's to this point where they are now motivated to to get that good reward they're more they're more geared to, to finish the task so that way they can they can get that that positive outcome rather than a negative just a negative reaction yeah and like even framing or reframing something because i mean little kids are learning they're exploring and so this idea of like always hearing no is very like there are books written about how to just not use no at all and yeah. I'm not and in that. That doesn't camp. mean that we that we don't <laughs> yeah, say I'm no. Not like in we're that not camp. Yeah. we're not like oh don't ever say no to your yeah. child. You know, but there are books you know, out there. That's, people believe that. That's fair, and... but here's the thing though, like about those those books. Yes, you know that's that's a great idea, and uh, but you know we're all human and we we all have that. We all have that point, especially, you know, when things get really stressful, Yeah. you know, we all, we all fall short. And, uh, I, I find myself, that's where that's, instead of taking it into a teaching moment, you know, making it a teaching moment when I am having a really tough, 
tough time dealing with the situation myself, that's where my negativity comes out. And that's probably, that usually is where my nose and things like that come out, you know? Yeah. Rather than stopping and saying, okay, you know, it's, you know, let's, let's take this and try and try and spin it into a positive way and, and, uh, and make it a teaching moment. Yeah. I think for me, um, I have the similar moments where like, I don't ever really remember being taught to do things because I didn't think the way that they do. And so big eye-opening moment for me was like, oh, wow, I keep forgetting they're brand new humans. We need to teach them how to do the things that come so naturally to us. And so like teaching them and being positive about like failure is okay. You've made a mistake. Like let's learn from that. It's gotten to this point like where the kids are now telling that to each other. And so my goal as a parent is to raise a good human, a good adult, where they encourage each other and encourage others. And like, this is one way to do that um, it, if your child has language. And so like this, the two big things to walk away with from this are positive framing. So like if they do something wrong, if they fall short or they make a mistake, just framing it in a way of like, hey, you did it this way that was a great try, but that's not how we do it. So let's do it this way. And then the affirmations I think are super important as well. Uh, We actually had a moment the other day where one of the boys like just randomly said, I am brave. And like just started doing all of these like affirmations on his own. Um, And that's telling me like, they're going to hear a lot of negativity in the world. Like this world is definitely far from perfect so if they can bring the joy and the positivity, that means, to me, I feel like we're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, agreed. They're definitely, you know, just like anyone in this world, you're going to, that's my opinion of the world, you're going to get beaten down. Everyone is, is you know, everyone's trying to move forward. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's hard. It's, it's like Survival just, of the fittest out there. Yeah, and there's just so many personalities and yeah. so much judgment. And just lots of awareness. (laughs) I I haven't met too many people that have like this kind of positive like outlook. Obviously, there are people out there that have a like a positive view, positive view on stuff. But typically, like you you always have people out there that are going that are going to throw some sort of negativity when things are out of the ordinary. You know, so the more the more positivity that we put that we instill in our kids, um, I think it will will just benefit them. Yeah, and like that that phrase that says. Oh, and it's gone. I'll come back to that. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, but this idea of like, you know, shining bright, right? And having positivity um, can really, it sounds very hippie, I know. Like if you're not a naturally positive, optimistic person, it can be <laughs> oh, it, very It sounded scary. super hippie to me. I was just like, uh, it, you know, it just makes me think of like, uh, you know, like Jedi, Jedi stuff or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I no, mean, and you love like you and I like and I like that kind of stuff. But you know, that's also that's also like uh, I mean, it's not necessarily science fiction, but you know, it's like that sci-fi kind of fantasy type of world or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it it does it does have a really good effect. It works. You know, it works because no matter what, the work still has to be done. Yeah, the work still has to be done, and uh, you know, so why why would you make it why would you make it a negative a negative. Uh, experience when you know you can you can make it a positive you still have to do the work we still have to we still have to explain every single thing i still have to change my ways to the point where when there was no language i had to literally explain every single thing that i was doing because they were watching me 
Yep. And it just, it, it started to rub off. Eventually they, yeah. they would see that these words meant something and they, they could use these words to, to get some sort of reaction out of us, you know? Yeah. And, so. I, and this is, this whole theme really is just this idea of, of educating, right? Like not only educating our kids, but educating like everyone we know, right? Taking those opportunities of where we could be negative and aggressive about like, like when someone says to me inside, this is how I feel inside. When someone tells me like, oh, your kid has autism. Are you sure? Inside, I am very, very angry by that statement. It makes me very angry because of all the work that we just talked about and all the years of tiring, sweat, blood, tears, freakouts, meltdowns, all of these things that have happened where we know that our kids are on the spectrum. We've had doctors confirm it. We've had all of these things inside. It makes me angry. But what my husband and I try to do is take a breath and remember that people don't live in the same world that we live in every day. And so we take the time to educate, like, actually, yeah, they do. And here's why. Um, Here's where they fall on the spectrum and talking about the different levels and, and how it's totally natural to have those questions. Because inside, I'm offended, but I know that that's not what's intended by the comment, if that yeah, makes sense. That's, that's the thing. Like, uh, I find that too. Like, where it, it bugs me, and I think it just bugs me. It bugs me for because they are not. Uh, they're not. They're not there with us during the during the crazy moments. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not there with us at the doctor's appointments and all. You know, or the bowling alleys. Or, yeah, or <laughs> yeah, or the bowling alleys where you know children are hanging from the chandeliers. Um, but um, it's yeah. just it's. But, you know, and when I hear that kind of, when I hear that kind of statement, it just makes it seem like whatever we are going through, it's, it's, it's not than. real. It's less yeah, than, you it's know, it's than. just, it's, it's make believe. Yeah. And it's, and, and, it, and I don't know about you, Andrew, but for me, like, honestly, there are times where we have a really good day and I'm like, maybe they don't. Like maybe they don't. And especially early, early on in their diagnosis, because they are so high functioning, that's where the guilt comes in is like, do they really need all this support? Yeah, like are we making are we making this up in our head? Is this are we just being being like are we being helicopter parents and we're just like you know, we're following them around and trying to diagnose them ourselves without anything. But that's the thing though, like we've gone to specialists. We have we you know, it's and and the reason we didn't find this out at first, honestly, the reason we didn't get this the first time around when we saw doctors initially is because they're in the high functioning mm-hmm. like section of the of the the spectrum. Um, we needed to go see that. We needed to go see that neurologist, someone who has way more knowledge than our just your average you just your average questions. doctor who takes care of a cold. You know, they're yeah. they're you know that's that's not knocking on the doctor. That you know, hopefully, I, and I really do think that this that that these experiences have had taught every doctor that yeah because we're not a neurologist we still have doctors to this day that we have no longer go and see who tell us are you sure they have autism and i'm like you're a physician and so it's yeah. just like there just shows me that there's a gap and i think that's another reason why we exist that, but that's the purpose of specialists you know so yeah that's, that's... and just like this idea of further education yeah. and and using our our kids as an example to hopefully help other kids because, um, like, once those doctors really did, like, get to know our family and get to know our kids, they they were more educated. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was, um, that's part of the reason why we want to put these kind of, like, podcasts and stuff out there. Because um, we literally, like, the, we literally had doctors or uh, and our, our neurologists specifically, like, look us in the eye and say, you guys, you guys are doing 
what this therapy is meant yeah. it's like you guys are doing the right thing yeah you guys are um you guys are really learning from the therapy mm-hmm. you're applying it and it's it it's showing in the success of your kids yeah and like they because we go in every six months like that's another thing that people don't know is yes. like even though they don't have a physical disability we're still in the doctors all the time yeah like don't even get me started on like medical bills um and like all the other it's another podcast that's another podcast and all the other struggles that go with like things that can come or like our kids are at more risk for other things because they do have the autism yeah and so, so like we see this doctor and yet we knew him for our oldest and we take the twins in and we're still worried. Like I remember having the conversation of like, are we sure? Are we sure they're on the spectrum? Like what if he tells us we're not, they're not. And we were like crazy. And yet he was like, nuts this just like projecting. (laughs) Right. Um, and so, but no, they, they definitely, it's just crazy in hindsight that we even thought that they weren't. Because yeah. we look at back at videos, like they were nonverbal. Yeah, I know. We were literally watching videos of of uh, the twins just walking, and it's they're still they're little they're still the same little kids. They have no language though. None. It's just it's it's kind of crazy. It's like it's kind of like breaking down a wall and like releasing that part of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and just to see how far they've come. Yeah, it's it's crazy because now it, they they can talk, and they're yeah. still those little guys that we see in the videos. But it's now they have their now they have uh, the ability to just to have some sort of communication and dialogue with us. Yeah, um, and it's just an awesome feeling. And but that feeling, it's interesting how quickly it can be extinguished. Yeah. When people say things like, "Are you sure they have autism?" and many times yeah. I think people mean it as a compliment, like, "Oh, they're so well behaved," or "Oh, they they communicate so great." But it's just yeah. a little like when. I, yeah. I would hope that I would hope that anyone that's listening, like, if you're gonna. If you want to compliment someone, I, if, you know, my suggestion to be, my suggestion to you would to be, would be to say something like, you know, that you you can seem like they're doing well, you know, let's not, let's not point out the fact that, you know, if, you know, you have autism or don't have autism, it's not about that. Like, how about more think about, think about the idea that, you know, you know, your, your child's, you know, be polite or you know so well behaved doing things like that not uh you know don't don't sell don't sell the actual like reality short yeah because that's that's what ends up happening when you say you know oh it doesn't even seem like this is happening it's like dude trust me it's happening it happens when you're not around and if you saw it happening right now you'd probably be scared you'd probably be wondering like (laughs) what is going on right now why is this person screaming like this what what it was just a noise what what just said yeah because that's that's how it is yep that's how it is you know just because we have solutions or we've we have we've had some solutions um to some of the to some of the difficulties that they that the boys have um you know it doesn't mean that it's not there anymore it doesn't mean that it can't just pop up out of nowhere right and i think it's funny like a phrase in our house with my family is not funny but it, it something that comes to mind with me is like they they're high functioning until they're not yeah. um and so for us we can have really solid days where i look at my husband and i'm like mm, are we sure like are we sure because they had a really solid day today but then there are other days where it's like every little thing is there's something 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 setting something. somebody off um and like sometimes <laughs> they set each other off and and it's also this is another podcast but tantrums and meltdowns are not the same thing and i think that's yeah. something where where we get a lot of the looks is when our kids are overstimulated and they're having a meltdown 
and that need to like calm them or be proactive often is receives judgment as well yeah it's that it's that look like oh your kids are being they're not behaving yeah Yeah. calm your kid down type of stuff it's like dude if you (laughs) you don't understand you know i've i've heard it described you know what i've heard described like um what what it's like to have some sort of like sensory issue like that that it's painful it could be it could actually it can actually feel like they're like you know cause actual pain to somebody like a Mm -hmm. sound can cause that uh just you know some sort of sensation that this person feels can just make them get to that point where it's Mm -hmm. it's so uncomfortable that it's painful so how can you you can't just stop someone from feeling that you can't just say hey relax you know or let me smack you smack your kid oh that was another thing that somebody told me you should just smack your kid oh where is that my kid oh i don't even want to (laughs) i think i I missed that i'm I'm kind of glad i missed that (laughs) i'm gonna leave i'm I'm not gonna name any names because you know they might be listening but uh (laughs) but that that was one oh you should just hit your kid you should just smack them like dude like it's culture exactly like man if i Look, if I smack my kid right now, you know what's going to That's going to get worse. It will. They're literally... Here's all these crazy sensations. Let me just add one more by yeah. smacking you for... And that kid... First of all, when they're having that that moment, it's not like they're choosing to be bad. Mm-hmm. They're not choosing... It's not, a, it's not a bad or good type of thing. Yeah. They're having a reaction to something that is bothering them. Yeah. So... <laughs> and it's that's definitely informed our parenting too because like we've done a lot of research we talked to therapists and we've talked to people actually on the spectrum about what those sensory overload is like and so we've developed like the breaks and and the the quiet spaces because there have been times where our boys uh, all of them at one point have had moments where we can't even hug them. Yeah. Like, you know when your kid gets hurt and skins their knee and you want to just give it a smooch and like a Band-Aid and you're good? Like, for our boys, it's not always the case. Sometimes touching them makes it worse because it's yeah. like their skin. The way I look at it, and I don't know because I'm not them, but when I look at them, it's like their skin is on fire. Yeah. Like, you can't even touch them. You can't them. touch it because it's just causing them some sort of pain or something like that, you know? It'll send, it'll send them off into into just this this frame of mind where they they're screaming they can't move it they can't they can't like move their body the way they want to move they're yeah. throwing themselves and on the floor and rolling want. around and you're yeah. saying hey dude you know try and take a breath <laughs> but, yeah. you know yeah. they're not they can't hear you sometimes you know and, and, and that's what we mean by they're high functioning until they're not yeah. because our boys and the, the thing about the levels right there are three levels but i feel like at least for our boys, they 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 kind of range on all of them. Like they live in the high functioning level one, but they can touch all of them depending on what it is. Yeah, they definitely have. You know, because um, I think like in order to provide services, like those levels need to exist. Yeah, I, I agree with those, but it's so hard to just lump them into one because every area is like for one of our boys, com- verbal communication is very very difficult for him. Yeah, and I would say level two almost for a long time level three. Yeah, we we thought uh, <clears throat> we for sure thought one of them was just going to be completely nonverbal, and like we were we prepared were, for that. We yeah, were like, we okay, were just saying we're to ourselves, tablet, this is how it's like, going to be. Gonna do all the things. Yeah, this is this is what we're going to have to deal with. We're going to figure out what accommodations we're going to have to make yeah. in our life to make sure that we can help help this boy, and, <laughs> help and, our boy, and you know, be, be with him and, yeah. and ready. But I mean, gratefully, we we got the earlier interventions, and and he and it really made a difference. It made a huge difference. And so much hear... that our doctor was blown away by it. It was just yeah. He was in disbelief at, you know, 
at how much of a change he's made in, in, months, in the amount of time yeah. in the amount of time mm-hmm. and that's just you know that there's a lot of factors that play into that you know but um yeah. i think you know no matter what no matter what there's there's a lot of there's a lot of work that's being done and that's the main part of it you know yeah. we we are definitely all putting in work everyone everyone Even in the house extended family like extended family there, people they, that come over everyone's learned the people that are really in our lives truly in our lives they've all taken the time to learn yep. and um and really just and they make, ask questions. make positive adjustments to yeah just I, just to help the boys and interact with them in a mm-hmm. great in a positive way yeah and i think too like i'm never offended if someone asks me a question like agreed how will they respond i appreciate a question i appreciate questions versus like judgment or or questioning the their functionality i guess i don't know how to yeah like i like specific questions about autism the idea of well i mean i I like questions where it's like a how can i help type of question you know it's it's not necessarily like you don't specifically have to say that but you know but like what can i do to make the situation better yeah like we had a friend for example and i've talked about this on one of my other uh, live videos but like she saw that I could not be in three places at once and they were all having a moment and she looked at me and she's like, and she didn't even ask how she can help because she's like their aunt. Like she didn't even ask. She was like, I'm going to take this one. You take that one. We got this. Yeah. And that was it. You know, spread out, Let's like go. just spread out and, and do what we need to do. Don't treat them any differently. Like just, if you're not sure how to help them ask, yeah. um, if you're not sure, like, do I touch them? Do I, do I not like ask? Um, because there have been moments where, we were trapped in a car on our way home and one of our kids had a night terror and oh yeah and, and their and grandpa of, didn't know our, yeah. like how to handle it <laughs> it was a it was the first time that he had ever, ever. experienced night anything like no that joke. and he was just in disbelief he didn't he he was like how like he didn't know one he didn't know how to respond right but he and, also was like what can i do yeah, like he, he asked just, how he could help um, yeah he, he he was at a loss but um it was he did adjust pretty quickly to it though yeah and it's just yeah it's different when you're surrounding it but then also for us like we try our best to remember that everyone's not always around this and so we try to be patient like on the inside we might be feeling a certain way but we really do try to be patient because oh yeah i've never flipped that's one thing i (laughs) at least i'm proud about i've never i've never legit flipped out on somebody that has yeah that has been you know possibly a little rude when they ask a certain kind of question you know so i yeah. um at least at least i can say that <laughs> but who knows how yeah. the future will be now <laughs> yeah no and i think too just just being mindful that everyone's yeah, situation agreed. is different it's different um and yeah and that all of the stuff we just described is from our own personal experiences of having a, stu- a kid high functioning so it's like it's really easy to get into that spiral of like oh it's not as bad because my kids have language it's not as bad because they're not physically violent with themselves or with us which it depends on the day sometimes they are yeah but <laughs> that's true you know it, it's just this idea of like it owning doesn't as much yeah owning your reality and and accepting and acknowledging the hard work that you've put into it yeah. um because then the kids will understand that too so agreed agreed <laughs> so it's a different levels to recap Level one is higher functioning. Um, You might also hear Asperger's. That is now coupled into the autism spectrum disorder umbrella. Um, Just another way to explain explain where a person's at in the spectrum. Yeah, like more high functioning. Usually very, very, very highly intelligent. That's usually Um, like the thing about that. Yeah. It's all all like, I guess, related to 
they, they still have you still have autism genes in that you know mm-hmm. so which is why they yeah are alum- and, and to be clear that we're not exactly sure what causes autism there there is gene genetic and environmental they just don't know what the combination is yet yes. um and so we're hoping in our lifetime that they get closer and closer yeah they they have some uh they have some ideas about um about i guess where it is or what what the cause is i guess because of like genes and yeah but they're still not sure like they've just got so many unknowns yeah Um, and that's why we're big supporters of like the autism research because and like uh the autism research and and um like why we put our our boys in with our doctors and like we're running all these tests to try to help move research because it's very rare to see three kids all on the spectrum it happens but it's super rare it so, is, and it's been rare. It's been rare for a long time. Um, in the recent studies that I've been, I've been doing, uh, it, it was rare in the seventies. It was extremely rare, mm-hmm. and it's it's still rare at this point. Yeah. But we also have uh, level two, which level is level two. Yeah. Which is like the needing a little bit more support, um, yeah. kind of mild to moderate. When you're in education, you'll hear several different terms like high functioning, mild, moderate, and low functioning. Um, uh, but according to like the psychiatric book, it's level two. Um, and then the, the lowest functioning is level three, which was requiring a lot of support. Um, usually, um, we've seen technology as a big support for level three. Yeah. Um, you'd have things kids. like, uh, they have apps that, uh, that have pictures that, mm-hmm. uh, that just aid with communicating, um, yeah. on both ends. Yeah. <laughs> and like if yeah. a, a child is more cognitively functioning, but can't have verbal functioning, they can like type in and it'll speak for them. So there's lots, a lot of technical assistance in that level for all levels really um but yeah so those are our three levels our boys are high functioning our life is wonderful but also hard at the same time um if you walk away with nothing else just like in all of our themes is just be kind kind. ask questions and offer help if you can thanks for listening everyone you can find links to some of the resources we talked about as well as links to all our social media at www.guardiansofthespectrum.com.